Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central, and it starts right now. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central. My name is Brandon Biscobing, and we've got three hours worth of great sports talk content. Long time no talk, everyone. It's been a little, been about a month now since I've last been on. Bunch of things going on. Obviously, the last two weeks were Christmas Day and New Year's Day, so it took. Those days off and the week before that had some things that I had to take care of. But I am back. Um, may cut things down a little bit next week but we'll for the next couple of weeks, but we'll see where that goes. But as of right now, we've got three hours worth of great sports talk content. A little bit of a different show today. Uh, football season about to end. Uh, high school football season completely done now. Uh, Abbeville winning 2A as the final state championship game there. Uh, some showcase games, obviously our showcase game that we've uh, here on Southern Sports Central. We're partnering with High School Blitz, the uh, 
Epic A4, the Elite Eight, all of those great guys, great events, senior senior showcase, junior showcase over the last couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, Rich has been talking about it for the last couple of weeks. But now, now it becomes a bit of a quandary when it comes to the next sport of the calendar, which is basketball here in the state of South Carolina. So we'll talk a little bit about that, what's going on, the status of all of that. But today, primarily, we will talk some national stuff. We'll talk about, uh, obviously, the finals to the College Football Invitational. Uh, And for those of you who did not hear my rant uh, a few weeks ago, that is what I am referring to the college football playoff as. It, it's not really a playoff if not everyone has a chance to get in. So that's simple as that. So from now on, on this show, it will be referred to as the college football invitational. Talk about that. We'll talk about the first uh, first round, the wild card round of the NFL playoffs. Talk a little baseball. We got a great show lined up for you guys. Lou Bejek from the state coming on at 8:15. We'll get his thoughts on everything that's going on with basketball here in South Carolina. Get his thoughts on the national championship. Get his thoughts on his Steelers in the playoffs. And the Steelers. We'll have another guest uh, for those of you who have listened to the show prior to me coming to Southern Sports Central. Uh, you may know him. It is my former co-host prior to when he went back, when he went to school. Uh, he goes to, uh, he goes to, wow, I'm drawing, oh, I'm drawing a blank on where he goes. Wow. I'm, I'm disappointing myself. Uh, but he, he was the, the, my partner at North Myrtle Beach. Uh, now in college, that is Tyler Kerp. Uh, so he'll join me probably around 8.30. Lou Bejek will come on at 8.15. So great show lined up for you guys. Uh, before we get into some other stuff, just wanted to take a, a quick moment. I, I mentioned, we, we talked about it a little bit uh, on when, when I was on Sports Central on Wednesday. Uh, but I just wanted to take some time myself right now. Obviously, this is a sports show. We want to try to uh, distract people from what's going on in the real world. But unfortunately, especially this year, uh, the real world has been so pervasive that even if you're trying to be purely sports-centric, you just cannot avoid certain things that are going on. And, and what happened on Wednesday is certainly one of those pivotal moments in in history that even if you want to try to avoid it, you just simply cannot. And we just have to do better, people. I don't, you know, I, I don't care what side you are, although – you know, granted, most of the issues that we've had uh, over the last four years have come from one side in particular. Uh, but we just have to. This is, and and I will say, 
a lot of people now, some very quickly, even though they were saying the right things uh, to begin with when it first happened, like we always do in, here in the U.S., you know, people will say the right things and do the right things when it first initially happens. But then there is a, you know, depending upon the severity of the situation, there always seems to be a time, a uh, expiration date that groundswell of support for, you know, decency. And then eventually after, you know, it, X amount of time, depending upon the severity of it, that that timing varies. But there is always that moment that someone basically says, "Okay, let's move on. Let's start, you know, going against each other again." And that just needs to stop happening in general, first of all. But secondly, this should have been a pivotal moment, and I hope it still is a pivotal moment to say, okay, the, just the, the nastiness and the vitriol that we've seen over the last four years just needs to stop. We need to move on. We need to move forward and start getting back to a period of time I'll, I'll I'll say there really hasn't outside of maybe the beginning of the country and even then uh, not really because as soon as the constitution was written the sides started to split off into factions but we need to get to a point where the common good and figuring out what's best for the country is what people focus on instead of whether their side is right or wrong. Um, whether or not it will happen is, is obviously a big, uh, a big issue. And it probably, I'm, I'm going to be honest. It probably won't happen, but I'm just saying this, this should be, Hopefully, the moment that people start to say, hey, let's uh, let's get back to uh, common decency and let's start getting, let's start moving forward and let's start uh, getting, getting things on the right track. It probably won't happen. I'll, I'll, I'll admit it. I'm not naive to that, but I'm just. I want to use this platform to try to say, and and we'll get into sports very very shortly, but I just wanted to take this opportunity to say that this should be the moment, hopefully, that we start moving forward and start to get things into a better state in this in this country. So that's my that that's my little uh you know my one little political but although I don't really even count it as political uh rant of the day just had to get that out uh following the events of of Wednesday. Uh but yeah, like I said, the big things we'll talk about uh the big things we'll talk about this morning, obviously the 
uh, college football playoff, well, college football invitational, uh, the the national championship invitational, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, official name national championship, but I don't really count it as such. Uh, we'll talk about that. Obviously, Alabama versus Ohio State. We'll get you ready for that. Uh, not even sure if it will be played on Monday right now due to some COVID cases in on Ohio State. And not really all that surprising uh, if you really think about it. You know, the, the it, it's a very fitting end to the season that has had so many issues and so much uncertainty. And, you know, going back to July and, and the beginning of August, you know, I was saying that I don't know if they should be playing at all. And looking back on it, a lot of people still are saying, well, maybe they shouldn't have played, et cetera, et cetera. But looking back on it, all in all, the fact that that we were able to get through at least the majority of the season, I don't, at, at least out of the conferences that decided to play in full, or not fully in full, but, you know, SEC, ACC that decided to play, and and Big 12 that decided to play full conference schedules. I don't think, now I could be wrong, there could have been one or two teams, but I don't think there were many teams, if any, that did not finish all of their games. Obviously in the Big 10 and Pac-12, that was different. That was a different situation where they just, because of the timing, because they got into the game late, and because of their protocols, they just couldn't get all the games in. And that's one of the things, that's why a lot of people were complaining about Ohio State getting in because of the fact that they had only played five games and it seemed like, and which originally the Big Ten said that that would disqualify you from being in the Big Ten championship game, but that was obviously changed to accommodate Ohio State, which I completely understand. A lot of people, you know, when it happened, were saying, oh, it's favoritism, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, maybe, but that's college football for you. That's I know I did my whole thing a few weeks ago about this, but if you really think, if you still believe that college football is the myth of, oh, every game counts and it's the best sport in the world because, you know, one loss destroys you and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you, those who follow college football, know about all the the talking points that that people bring up when they compare college football to other sports, whether it's NFL or it's college basketball, et cetera. But all of those, there, every talking point, outside of maybe you know the rivalries and stuff like that, but even that's starting to go away because of realignment and stuff. 
all of that is just it, it's all a myth because yes it may be true for 20 30 percent of the schools if that the vast majority of the schools are basically just playing just to play they're not really playing for anything uh and and it is much more about uh your prestige than than what you actually do on the field it reminds me a lot of something that people always say when it comes to broadcasting to getting to the higher levels in the broadcasting field it's not about what you know but who you know you you could be you you could be a Mel Allen, Vince Scully, you know, Howard Cosell, et cetera, et cetera. Name the greatest broadcaster you can think of. But if you don't know anyone in the industry, you're gonna be still you're you're still gonna be and, and they can't vouch for you. If you don't have anyone that can vouch for you, you're gonna be stuck on the lower rungs. You know, doing whatever. You're not going to be making it to the big leagues. And that's the same case when it comes to college football. You can, you know, as we saw with Cincinnati and Coastal. You can be the best team in the world. But if you don't have that name recognition. You're considered lesser than. And aren't given a seat at the table. Oh, you know. But we'll see. We'll see what happens, uh, you know, this week. Or, well, next week. Uh, We'll see if that game is even played. Uh, We'll talk about that more a good bit later on. Uh, You know, NFL, we've got the wild card previews. Bunch of games. You know, six games in total this week, this weekend. Uh, a little different. It's a little weird saying that there's six games this weekend, this year being the first year that they bump it up from six teams to seven teams. And I understand the reasoning for why, uh, why it happened, why, why it is the way it is. Uh, the fact that. You know, money money talks obviously. Uh, but it but in terms of the competitive aspect, it kind of does make a little bit of sense because now that number one seed means even more because it is the only seed that gets the first round by. So now that's that's a that's a bigger battle. Uh, going into the, uh, you know, as you go into the latter parts of the regular season, now instead of, you know, let's say there's two teams uh, who are on top of the world, uh, you know, in top, on top of the conference uh, at the end of the season. But amongst those two, it's only a one-game differential. 
that one game in years past didn't matter. Both of them got that first round bye. Now it does. Now it does, and and it may it, it should create some intriguing situations in the years to come. But on the flip side, now you have more teams that, uh, and I mean this is this could be good and bad as well. You have more teams that are vying for more wild card spots. So we'll we'll talk about that more later as well. Got a bunch of M- MLB news. Um, Going to go through a couple of things that have happened over the past almost a month, like I said. Uh, do a little housekeeping uh, about, you know, different things. Um, another thing that I wasn't able to get a chance to talk to, because that happened right before I went on my... Uh, my little hiatus, my little vacation was early signing day. So got a bunch of stuff to talk about uh, from around the state there. And obviously we'll talk about um, what's going on with basketball, uh, what status is um, for a bunch of different counties. Uh, and it seems like this, whereas in football, the Midlands was the, were the ones that got hit the most. The the Low Country got hit a little bit, but the Upstate and and the Grand Strand didn't really get hit all that badly. This time, it seems like the the Low Country and the Grand Strand are the ones that are getting hit the most right now. The Midlands seem to be okay right as of right now, and the Upstate are still seemingly going full force. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. We're going to talk to Lou about it um, a little later on. A few other things that we'll talk about uh, in a little bit are um, di- different uh awards that came out over the last uh couple of weeks a bunch of different were given out by different groups that um that have recognized different players and and different uh through different groups and and all of that so we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit uh and then, you know, round it up, get you guys ready for uh, this weekend, get you ready for the wild card round, get you ready for the national championship. So lots of good things to look forward to uh, as we get further into the show. And as always, if you want to call in, get your thoughts on things, whether it's what you think about the status of basketball if you think we're going to get through uh or if you think or if you want to talk about a national championship if you want to talk about the nfl wild card uh round this weekend if you want to talk some baseball want to talk some basketball nba college what have you whatever you want to get your thoughts on be sure to call on in and let's talk some sports 323-784-9681 is that number to call. 
That number again, 323-784-9681. So we'll, uh, we'll take a quick break right here, and then we'll come back and talk. We'll run down everything that's going on on the high school side, talk about what's going on with basketball, talk early signing day, and Ubejak uh, from the state to come on at 8.15. So we'll take a quick break and come right back right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central.
Welcome back to Sports Unlimited here on Southern Sports Central. My name is Brandon Biscobing, and we've got a great show lined up for you guys. And as always, if you want to call in and get your thoughts on anything sports-related, local, national, anything you want to talk about, be sure to call on in. 323-784-9681 is that number to call. That number again, 323-784-9681. We'll go to some uh, recruiting new notes over the last couple of weeks real quick first, and then we'll talk uh Talk about what's going on with high school basketball. Talk about where they stand as of right now. But first, some recruiting notes. Marky Anderson from Dorman was offered by both Florida State and Virginia Tech over the last couple of weeks. He's looking like he's going to be one of the uh, better recruits out of the state uh, moving forward. Uh, still in his junior year, so. He's he's on it. He's looking like he's on his way up. Philip Collins from Aiken was offered by Presbyterian. KJ Makins from Greenwood was offered by Campbell. Jalen Levine from Fort Dorchester offered by Presbyterian and Bryant. Cam Ellis from Trinity Burns offered by Presbyterian. Tyler Fields from Belton Hanea Path also offered by Presbyterian. Resident. Dogan from Dorman, offered by Western Carolina. Zykeith Johnson from Westwood, offered by Tennessee Tech. However, he's announced that, at least as of right now, he's planning on going juke, the JUCO route to try to get uh, some better stock and then eventually, hopefully for him, get a uh, get a Division One A offer, get an FBS offer. The uh, Javier Rudolph from Wilson Elko, offered by Presbyterian. Kobe Cornelius from Spring Valley, also offered by Presbyterian. Drew Bobo from Hammond, offered by Kentucky. Riggs Falkenberry from Greenville, offered by Stanford. Big offer there for uh, the Greenville star. Xavier McLeod from Camden, offered by Kentucky as well. Kasim Valls from Irmo, offered by NC Central. Chase Swigert from Chapman, offered by Virginia Tech and Liberty. So congrats to him. Reggion Bennett from Trinity College, offered by Miami, Ohio, and Wofford. So he's got some options. Trey Brown from Clover, offered by Presbyterian. Ashton Whitner from Greenville, offered by Miami, Ohio. DQ Smith from Spring Valley, offered by both Michigan and FAU. So he's got some Pretty big offers coming in. Jackson Ancio from Catalba Ridge, offered by Cornell. Howie Thomas from Walhalla, offered by Wofford. Cam Henderson from Traveler's Rest, offered by Campbell. Jalil Skinner from Greer, offered by Arizona State. And Pac-12 offer. Don't really see those very often uh, coming to South Carolina, guys. One of the few that I can think of uh, is... uh, is Adam Randall from Myrtle Beach, who was offered by Oregon. We'll talk about him in just a little bit. Jackson Ancio from Talbot Ridge, also offered by LIU Brooklyn. Colton Paul Mason from Gilbert, offered by the Citadel. AJ Scott from Greenwood, offered by Gardner-Webb. Samaj Johnson from West Florence, offered by Citadel and Presbyterian. This starts the... Uh, PD and Grandstrand guys, Dylan Snyder from West Florence, 
uh, offered by Citadel as well. Andrew Doss from Myrtle Beach, offered by Presbyterian. Henry Duke from North Myrtle, offered by VMI. Devin Hyatt from Dutch Fork, offered by South Carolina. Antonio Williams from Dutch Fork. He's had a busy last couple of weeks. He's been offered by a lot of schools. He is one of the best recruits. He's one of the best players in the state of South Carolina, obviously on the best team in South Carolina. Uh, He was offered by Michigan State, West Virginia, Arizona State, another uh, Pac-12 offer for a South Carolina guy. Rare, rare breed that. Mississippi State, Virginia, Tennessee, and was re-offered by South Carolina and the new uh, new head coaching staff or coaching staff over for the Gamecocks. So Antonio Williams definitely, and he's he's still only well he was a junior this year, uh, going into his senior year. He's going to be someone to really watch out for, and I I could see him definitely being. I could definitely see him being a a big a candidate, if not the favorite, going into next season for for Mister Football. So that'll be it's going to be interesting to see how he turns out uh, next season uh, and, and over these next uh, you know he's going to be one to watch that that is for sure. Griffin Reed also from Dutch Fork he was offered by Wofford. Couple of Carolina Forest. My my guys over for the Panthers got some offers from D one programs. Josh Harris was offered by Wofford and Adam Janik actually just yesterday, uh, or last night was offered by Tommy Jameson from White Knoll, uh, committed to Western Carolina. Here are some commits that were made over the last couple of weeks. Ethan Reynolds from Boiling Springs committed to Campbell. Marshall Skoloff from Eastside committed to Stetson. Derek McCrory from Northwestern also committed to Stetson, as did Ryan Cheatham from Clover. But he was also offered by by Charlotte, who is division uh, is FBS, whereas Stetson is FCS. So interesting to see if that changes anything. He's still got some time as well. Uh Jackson Crosby from Daniel committed to the Citadel for both football and baseball. You you see it every now and again, but uh, it, it's always kind of fun and it's always interesting to see those those dual sport athletes decide to play multiple sports in college. John Copley, originally from Camden, committed to Ole Miss. Cole England from Lawrence committed to the Citadel. Ronnie Porter from Heathwood is walking on at South Carolina. Edward Owosu from Dutch Fork, he committed to Charleston Southern. And the big news that came out on Christmas Day, he decided he committed on Christmas Day. Adam Randall from Myrtle Beach, who was getting offered for, by a bunch of big-time schools, including his childhood favorite of Oregon. He decides not to go out to the Northwest. He decides not to be a duck. Instead, he decides to stay here in South Carolina, and he committed to the Tigers 
of Clemson. Gigi Jackson from Redview offered by Georgetown. So big offer for him. Joyce Edwards from Camden, who's considered one of the best uh, recruits in the country for women's basketball. She was offered by both Clemson and Florida. Kiara Krosky from Sumter, offered by Ole Miss. And Anila Nelson from Laura Richland, offered by Coastal. On the baseball diamond, both of the Smith brothers from Boiling Springs committed. Tristan committed to Clemson with Ashton going to Georgia. So that could be that that there may be a little bit of sibling rivalry there. Not Clemson and Georgia obviously not in the same conference or anything, but they do play at least a decent bit. Uh and now let's talk some early signing day from last week or from a few weeks ago. Lots of big names going to some big time programs and uh I've talked about it before on the show. I've talked about it on Southern Sports Central with Richie. It's nice to see not just South Carolina as a whole, but especially seeing some of the lower state guys and some of the guys here on the Grand Strand getting big-time offers and signing with big-time programs. Because, you know, in the past it was always, oh, the upstate is 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 the dominant group, is the dominant area in the state for football and for sports just in general. Now I think it's a lot more even, if not even maybe skewing towards the lower state now, as we saw in in the epic '84 in the Senior Bowl. So let's run down some of these names for early signing day. James Wright from Lakewood signed with Kansas. Landon Sowers from Crescent signed with Charleston Southern. Camden Gray from Chapman signed with Wofford. Thornton Gentry from Chapman signed with NC State. Omaria Hammond from AC Flora signed with Georgia State. Banks Pope from AC Flora signed it decided to walk on at Clemson. Josh Burrell from Blythewood Pope was originally, he originally signed with, uh, or he was originally committed to App State, but then decided to walk on at Clemson instead. Joshua Burrell from Blythewood signed with Florida State. Noble Cooper from also from Blythewood signed with Brown, <laughs> Ivy League guy. Then it, it's always kind of interesting, you know. We talk so much about the guys that get the big offers in term on a football level. You know, the guys that get the offers from Clemson, the guys that get offers from Alabama, uh, you know, places like that. But it's always fascinating to me to see the guys who are so good in the classroom that they're getting offers from the Harvards, the Yales, the Browns, the Ivy League schools. You know, I, we, we've talked about it on, on here when when it comes to uh, Amari Huggins. 
know, he was getting offers from Ivy League schools. So it's it, it's nice to see that, especially it's it's nice to see that that stereotype, and also the reality at times of the you know the the jocks, the football players only caring about football and being kind of airheads. And that is that certainly seems to not be the case in this current generation, which is awesome to see. Trevor Timmons from Blythewood, he signed with Charlotte. A couple of Dutch Fork guys signed. Edward Orwasu from Dutch Fork, he signed with Charleston Southern. Elijah Spencer signed with Charlotte. Taylor, he's another one of those dual sport athletes going to Clemson to play both baseball and football. Chris Roan from Great Collegiate, he signed with Coastal. Will Jeffcoat from Pelion, he signed with Army. Zaire Scotland from Walhalla, he also signed with Army. Kendall Long from River Bluff signed with Syracuse. Timothy Jameson from White Knoll, he signed with Western Carolina. Paris Lowry from Crestwood signed with Elon. Mason Floyd from Ben Lippin signed with Citadel. Bryson Peppers from Greenwood, he also signed with the Citadel. Jordan Mahoney from South Point, he signed with UMass. Marshall Scola from Eastside signed with Stetson. Nishan Hezeka from Orangeburg-Wilkinson signed with Howard. Gregory Johnson III from Northwestern signed with Army. Robbie Oots from Rock Hill, he signed with Alabama. Octavian Minter from Chester signed with SC State. Jalen Tolbert from Greenwood signed with Georgia State. Jamison Tucker from Malden signed with Crystal. Omega Blake from South Point signed with South Carolina. Solomon Butler from Berkeley signed with Western Carolina. Jaden Collins from Greer signed with Wake Forest. Ethan Reynolds from Boiling Springs, he signed with Campbell. Cruz Temple from Abbeville signed with ECU. Adrian Chandler from Willison Elko signed with Howard. DeMarice Rice-Williams from Dorman signed with Fordham. A couple of App State guys. Deshaun Brown from York signed with App State. He's been committed for a while over there. Andre Goodman from Greenville. He also signed with App State, as did Jaden Ramsey from Westside. Tim Brand from Trinity Collegiate signed with Gardner-Webb. Chance, Blank, Chance Black from Dorman signed with Vatech. Dre Pinckney from Boiling Springs decided to stay in-state, going to Coastal. Caden Sullivan, also from Boiling Springs, signed with App from Rock Hill signed with Ohio. Mikey Blandon from First Baptist signed with Citadel, as did Melvin Ravenel from Goose Creek. Bilal Dean from Palmetto signed with Tennessee Tech. Maud Green from May River signed with Citadel. Jameson Tucker from Malden signed with Coastal. E.J. Williams from Strom Thurmond signed with Wake Forest. J.D. Therrell from Clover signed with Charlotte. Kadeem Leonard from Fairmont signed with UCF. 
the big guy, Mr. Football, Tyreon Ingram Dawkins from Greenville. He signed with Georgia. He's been committed there for a while. JT Gear from Belton Hanea Pat signed with Syracuse. Byron Young from Carver's Bay signed with Tennessee. Now some getting closer to the uh, local guys. Byron Young from Carver's Bay signed with Tennessee. Anthony from Lamar signed with Coastal, as did Malachi Taylor from Goose Creek. Justice Boone from Sumter signed with Florida State. He's been considered one of the best uh, best defensive ends or best defensive lineman in the state for all year. Deshaun McKnight, also from Sumter, he signed with App State. Nathan Harris-Wanick from Sumter, he signed with South Carolina. Amari Huggins made it official, and he signed with Louisville. Uh, he's from Dillon, also from Dillon. Avery Hewitt signed with Campbell. Jaquan Dixon, who... Uh, Committed a while back to Georgia State from Green Team Floyds. He signed with with the Panthers. Nike Johnson from West Florence. He signed with Vatech. He's been committed there for a while. Tyon Evans from Hartsville. He signed with Tennessee. Radarius Gaddison from Hartsville. He signed with Western Carolina. Darren Granger, who was originally from Conway, uh, transfer made official. He transfer. He's transferring from Furman up from D D one double A up from FCS up to F from FCS to FBS. He's going to Georgia State. Kyle Watkins signed with Wofford, and JJ Jones rounds it off. He won the WPDE Zoneman of the Year from Myrtle Beach. He signed officially signed with North Carolina, and not only did he sign with North Carolina, he has announced that he is enrolling early and will be there for the spring game. And as a result of that, this is the perfect segue to our next talking point. As a result of that, he did play basketball for Myrtle Beach as well, but obviously he, he did play in the Beach Ball Classic. Uh, but now, obviously, enrolling at UNC, and as a result of that, he is no longer a part of the basketball team. So that's uh, at least a semi-big blow. Obviously, football is his primary sport, and he's a hell of a lot better for in football than he is in, on the basketball court, but still a, a kind of big blow to the Seahawks going into the, you know, into region play, which that segues me perfectly into our basketball talk. We'll talk about what's going on with basketball for the next about half hour uh, leading up to, we'll take a quick break at the top of the hour and then continue our talk leading up to Lou Bejak joining me at 8.15. As always, if you want to get your thoughts on what you think is going to happen with the basketball season, talk about national championship, talk about NFL, whatever you guys want to talk about, be sure to call on in 323-784-9681.
is that number to call. That number again, 323-784-9681. The big question here in South Carolina, and and it's it's been a question that has been asked for a while. It's a question that was asked towards the beginning of the football season, but football, for a number of reasons, was a different animal. Now, the big question is, will we be able to get through the basketball season? Already, only a month, a little over a month into the into the season, and there have been a plethora of issues. Charleston County School District shut things down back in in December. They're shut down until next week. They're shut down until the 10th. I don't know. I haven't seen anything saying that they're not coming back. But we'll see as things progress. And especially a lot of people, and rightfully so, have been worried and continue to be worried that there is going to be another spike, even more of a spike because of the holidays and people deciding to gather together uh, in spite of the warnings. So that is going, you know, that's going to be another aspect um, of this whole thing. Carver's Bay was originally invited to the Beach Ball Classic, but then had to withdraw. Beach Ball Classic was able to go on without a hitch. Uh, the the local teams played decently well. No one advanced into the championship bracket. But both Myrtle Beach and North Myrtle uh, did get two wins throughout the tournament. Uh Carolina Forest and Sakisti both only got one. But still a good showing and, and the one thing I said I, I said when I was calling the game between North Myrtle Beach and Carolina Forest, I hope that the showing by those two schools you know, Sakisti obviously is always in it because they created the tournament. Myrtle Beach is often in it because they are the the name-recognized brand and the name-recognized power in the area. I hope that their performance this year convinces the, the committee for the Beach Ball Classic to invite those two schools to the tournament more often. Doesn't necessarily have to be every year, but maybe every other year, maybe alternate between the two in order to give more local programs more of a platform to show what they can do. Obviously, this year was different. Obviously, this year, they they were kind of forced to do this because of the limited amount of teams that were available from outside of the state due to restrictions in other states. But I would hope that this sets a precedent that they are allowed to do more, that 
the local schools get more of a platform from this national uh, this national tournament. So that that's what I'm hoping for. We'll see if it happens. Moving on and and further talk about what's currently. Florence schools shut down through winter break in at least two weeks once school starts. I don't know. There was a lot of speculation on Twitter uh, about when the official end date was. I think – I don't know if they ever officially announced anything, but I think the was the 18th for when games can resume for Florence schools. Uh, uh, the the Region 6 foray schedule, which includes Myrtle Beach and North Myrtle Beach, also has Hartsville, Darlington, West Florence, South Florence, and Wilson. That region was originally supposed to start region play on the 13th after all the pushbacks, but now obviously that's not the case. Uh, with Florence schools pushing back beyond that date, Darlington County schools halted stuff through the 11th. So theoretically, they could have started then. But as a result of that, but we'll talk about Horry County in just a little bit. But obviously, because of Florence County, things have been pushed back even further. Dutch Fork had to quarantine in the middle of December. Richland won schools have gone to e-learning until the 15th. Uh, sports apparently are allowed, were allowed to resume on the 4th, at least based on what I last saw. Not sure if that has been pushed back since. Dorchester County was had suspended athletics. Uh, <clears throat> athletics starting on the 4th. We'll see how long that goes. Lexington one school shut down until the eighth, so they're apparently allowed to start now today. Lamar shut down until the tenth, and the big one, Horry County. It's been a wild ride for Horry County, and I'm just gonna say this flat out: the only reason why Horry County did not shut things because of the beach ball plain and simple if if it wasn't for the beach ball classic if they would have you know if if it was a situation where there was no big tournament or at least not to the level because there were other tournaments that were scheduled that now granted some of it was because it was because of quarantines, but boys and girls, both of the Chiefs teams were supposed to host localized tournaments at North Merrill Beach High School in in the latter part of December, and both of those were canceled due to quarantines. But the beach ball, they were going to make sure that the beach ball continued and that the local schools were given that opportunity to play in it. 
and that is why the quarant the the shutdown of athletics did not happen until the new year in spite of the fact that athletic trainers uh from pretty much all of the Ori County schools said, "Hey, maybe maybe we should shut this down for a little bit and see what see what happens." Uh but they finally did and it shut down until the 11 or until the 19th as of right now. So, take take that as you will. We'll see if that changes, see if that gets expanded or not. Going to talk to Lou Bejek about that in a little bit. Uh, we'll take a quick break right here, and then I'll come right back a little bit more about um, the various shutdowns, what this means for basketball moving forward, and get you ready to talk. We'll talk to Lou Bejek in just a little bit at 8.15, right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. Welcome back to Sports Unlimited here on Southern Sports Central. As we are at the on to the second hour and in just a little under 15 minutes, Lou Bejak will join me uh, from the state, talk a little bit about everything that's going on, which it's been a crazy couple of weeks. Um, like I mentioned, Horry County decided to hold off until after the Beach Ball Classic to shut things down for the time being. But now that puts the entire region and and the entire area kind of into a pickle because the you know 
time's starting to run out, and this is one of the questions that I'm going to ask Lou when he comes on. You know, as of right now, the SEHSL playoffs are still scheduled for when they normally would be. They're still scheduled for in uh, in February. So you you're really starting to run out of time in order to get all of the games in, and especially in a region like Region 6 where you have seven teams. So thus, even if you are going to do just one game per, every everyone plays each other once, that's still six games that you have to get in in presumably maybe, you know, three weeks and if things get pushed back even further, who knows how much how little time. And and the regions have already established that, you know, regions like region six four A, some of the regions in the low country have, have also announced this that instead of playing twice, uh each each team plays each other twice, each team is only playing each other once. They're setting up region tournaments. Uh in order to determine the the teams that will be within uh that will be sent to the SEHSL playoff. But outside of that, you know, even even with those policies in place, the t- the clock is still ticking. And not to mention, you know, we we heard this a lot when it came to football and and summer workouts and all of that, of the competitive imbalance because of certain teams still being able to practice while others weren't and some teams still being able to play while others weren't, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's even more... I feel like that's expanded even more now with teams with some teams playing regularly and continuing to get momentum and and all of that while other teams are sitting on the sideline for 2 weeks, 3 weeks, 4 weeks. Uh, you know, North Myrtle Beach prior to the Beach Ball Classic only played 2 games. And even with the Beach Ball Classic, now they've only played 5 games. Well, yeah, six six games, six games. So you're getting to that point where the SEHSL and and the SEHSL throughout this whole thing, both on the football side and now in winter sports on the basketball side, have wanted to be very hands off, and I understand it. I understand that they don't want to be seen as a bad because a lot of people still don't take this seriously, unfortunately. But at this point, you kind of have to figure out, okay, what are what are we going to do about this? How where where do we go moving forward? And the SEHSL really is going to need to do something to say we we need to get this under control and figure out First, if we're even going to be able to 
get this season done? And secondly, if we are, what it's going to look like? What what are the playoffs going to look like? So, and the the SEHSL has a meeting scheduled for next week. Uh, but here, here's something to take into consideration. Uh, for those of you in the area, especially up in the PD, I'm sure you guys follow Morning News Sports. Uh, they put up a poll about a week ago, week and a half ago, and they let it run for a while, uh, asking if SEHSL Winter Sports will be able to finish their seasons. And it it, it bounced back and forth. But, and, and take this way as you will. And I'm of the thought that they're going to somehow try to figure out a way to get it done, just because people are very stubborn. But 55% of the voters said no. And I can understand why. Because look at what's going on right now. Look at how how things are progressing and the fact that you know you're you're having to you're you're having to deal with so many different groups and so many different factors and and everyone's doing their own thing and this isn't like football this isn't like football where okay if if you miss a couple of weeks okay whatever now you would think and and now if if you're playing one game a week or or if you're playing just everyone and all at once or if you're only playing everyone in your region once and thus you're basically playing the same amount of games as you need to play in football okay, it's a little easier to work out. And you would think that... You would think that football might be a little harder. But if this has shown us anything, basketball may be a little trickier. And we're we're really starting to get down to that crunch time of... We really need to get this strained out. And hopefully it happens this week or next week. Hopefully it will happen next week when the SEHSL has their meeting. But I'm not holding my breath. So we're in for a bit of a bumpy ride over the next, you know, week, week and a half, two weeks to see. And because here's the thing. Everything is being done on a localized level. And that has been the plan all along. But now you have to figure out, okay, one county, one district is doing this, and another district is doing something completely different. How do we, how do we resolve that issue so that everyone gets to the same place? And that's what we're seeing right now because, you know, some. Some regions or or some districts 
decided to shut things down early and now they're starting to come back or they're coming back over the next couple of days. They're coming back next week. And others like Gory Kenny decided to hold back in order to preserve tournaments. And now as a result of that, now they're shutting down for a couple of weeks. And as a result, they're not coming back until towards the end of January. And who knows where things are going to be at that point. It may be a situation where you need to push that further and further back. And not only that, you also have to take into consideration, this is starting to get to the point, this is getting towards that country where, just like in the Big Ten and the Pac-12, we saw this, where you don't have room to postpone games and, and push them back. Where one outbreak or one, especially in high school, one case can shut the whole thing down. And that's where we're starting to get when it comes to basketball. So who knows what's going to happen. That's definitely something I'm going to ask Lou when he comes on in just a few minutes. Uh, But basketball is still going on in the state. Like I mentioned, Mostly in the upstate, uh, but there are a few schools in, in the low country that are still playing. We got the Prep Hoops SC Showcase in Greenville this weekend. Traver- Travelers Rest will be facing off against St. Joe's. Daniel will face off against Southside. Augusta will face off against Burns. Greenville will go up against Aiken. And Malden will go up against Blythewood who Blythewood were also supposed to be in the the Beach Ball Classic, but but decided to back back out. A few other quick notes uh, for mostly for football uh, before Lou comes on. Devery Cagle from Eastside is playing in the college football today All-American Bowl, so congrats to him. Richland Northeast parts away with Will Richardson, looking for their third head coach in five seasons. Uh, Matt Real, North Merrill Beach head coach, has been, you know, a lot of people think that he may go to a bigger program at some point, but he's saying he's not looking to go anywhere, which makes sense. You know, he has his best team at North Merrill Beach. They just made it to a state championship game. It's not like there's not, you know, this isn't like you're coaching a 1A school, like like the uh, former uh, Green C. Floyd head coach who who's now at West Ashley. This isn't like that, where you're jumping that far up and you want to go from the low, the low, the the low read or the the low classification all the way up to the high. This is 4A. So you're still, you know, 4A to 5A, especially here on the Grand Strand, isn't really that much of a jump. So I, I don't see Matt Real going anywhere. Uh, Eric Kimry left Hammond to join the South Carolina staff, so that's another big opening, a few big openings uh, throughout the state uh, this year. And the big one, now, this one isn't because of anything negative. And it, I wouldn't say it 
it may I wouldn't say it's quite as big as some of the other ones, just because while it's a storied program, it's still a three A school now, so it's not exactly it's not exactly one that many people think. I mean, people do still think of it. Uh, think about it. It's one of the best programs in the state, but it's. I don't know how much interest as compared to some of the other ones they will get, but the legendary Jackie Hayes retired as Dylan head coach, won the state title seven times at Dylan, including four straight from 2012 to 2015. So congrats to him. And now Dylan's getting hit hard this year because not only do they lose their legendary head coach, they also lost their quarterback earlier this week. Lucas Hunter transferring due to the their family moving. He's a he's a, a military son. Family is moving once again. So unfortunate for Dylan, but they'll bounce back. They're a program that always seems to, no matter what. And Adam Randall, the big man from Myrtle Beach, he will be be playing in the Under Armour All American game. So congratulations to him. We've got a few other notes uh, that we'll talk about in a little bit, but uh, we'll we'll take a a break from that as we are awaiting we are waiting Lou Bejak to come on from the state to talk to us. Uh, We'll see how he's doing. Should be a uh, should be a fun little conversation with him. We'll have lots of stuff to talk to him about, not only on 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 the basketball court primarily, but also talk to him about some other things uh, around the state and, and around the country. Talk to him about some. Uh, some college football, talk about the NFL. I know he's a big uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So he'll be, I'm I'm sure he'll be thrilled to talk about the Steelers and, and their prospects when uh, they face off against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I believe on Sunday is when the, those two teams face off against each other. So, waiting here for him to uh, jump on, and there he is. Lou Bejak from the state. Lou, how's it going this morning? Pretty good, Brandon. How you doing, man? Pretty good, pretty good. I know you had a uh, bit of vac- vacation. I did as well. How was your uh, little vacation over the uh, Christmas holiday? It was good. It was good to get rested and see family and um uh, get ready to uh for uh the, the winter sports and everything else that's uh, going on it's been a busy a uh, few weeks for sure yeah B- busy for sure although not busy in the way that we would would necessarily like uh not so much in the midlands for you but up here it's been uh we we've been on and off on and off for the past month and a half I know SEHSL has is supposed to have a meeting uh next week. 
what are you hearing about what's going on if the multitude of postponements around the state will have any sort of impact on the timing of the playoffs? Are they going to decide to make a decision this week, or is that something that they would hold off on? Well, I got to have someone got to make a proposal. Uh, and I, I know Jerome Singleton said, I mean, he's not, they're not going to make it unless someone from the executive committee makes a proposal or someone uh, brings a proposal to the executive committee. Um, uh, like I said, it, it's varied. We've had a couple of districts here were out from like mid-December and they got back this week. We, we got one district that's going to be out until next uh, Friday. Um, but like schools in the upstate, <laughs> it's been like as is uh, pretty much even playing um uh pretty much uh, throughout uh, the the year but uh, as you go uh towards the PD and the grand strand and that they it's it's been uh tougher um uh, there's been more cancellations more uh games postponed so and uh, i don't know what the answer is i mean if They've already put in a couple weeks at the end of the year so you could have make-up games, and I know schools have been uh, trying to put games back then, and then there's talk of maybe just only playing one the one region game per, I mean, if possible, and maybe our region, uh, regions maybe go into a conference tournament that, that week. And I think maybe I mean, there's a chance that you can have a post, maybe move the playoffs back a couple weeks maybe to get more time to uh, for makeup games but we'll see it has to be voted on uh, i think um has, someone has to bring a proposal which is it's likely but i guess we'll have to see that the executive committee is going to meet on tuesday and wednesday it's a two-day meeting which is typical for their, their first meeting of an, any new year so we'll see what happens have you heard anything about any coaches or administrators writing up a, a proposal when it comes to that at all? At least not in our area. I mean, I talked to a bunch in our area, and they're just trying to do the best they can. Um, I mean, like I said, they had a break for about a month, and uh, a, lot, a lot were on the court this week. Even though they were having a break, that they were able to practice, and I think some of these schools are able to practice just because um, they're not playing games, but it just depends on your district. Um, I know, like like in the Grand Strand, they they didn't have. I mean, they're virtual, so they're not allowing any practices or anything. But the schools around here, some of them that are virtual, they're allowing their teams to at least practice, and some of them play. Um, and uh, I know uh, one one of the school districts here, Lexington Richland Five, uh, to yesterday they went back to in-person instruction. So, I mean, <laughs> like I said, it's it's going to be based on each district and. Uh, high school league, I don't think wants to make a decision. I mean, if a, if it's majority, but there's a majority that are playing still. So uh, I don't know. I think there will be some sort of proposal. I haven't heard any what's going to come, but I've it's going to be discussed for sure, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, if you can't push back the season a week or two to allow, because um, if you look on the high school league's website, there's no date for the postseason to start so i mean uh, they're going to be flexible and they're going to do their best to try and get the season in like they did in in the, in the fall uh with the football and the other sports do you first what have you been hearing especially 
because of the differences in districts on how they've been handling things, what have coaches been saying about everything that's been going on? And then also, like you mentioned, you know, football, football, obviously, um, and basketball, fortunately, they were, they were able to finish the state championship right before everything hit the fan last year. It, does that play into this at all where some coaches or some some committee members may be saying, well, they got out easy last year. This isn't, you know, baseball, they're going to want to try to get in as much as they can, but basketball, they're not as uh, focused on, you know, if they need to push things back, they understand that, you know, basketball can handle it. Yeah, I think so. Well, those coaches I talked to, I mean, one said, I mean, they they didn't want – I mean, some people were calling I, every I mean, shut everything down for a few weeks and then go back. But a lot of coaches are like, if you shut down, you might not go back. So just keep going and let let the districts do what they want, and we'll figure this out. And re, each region will figure out, um, how, like I said, how how many games are going to get in as far as region play and uh, the way the schedule was built in. It, it was basically built. Uh, you got a few non-region games in, but it's built on pretty much uh, region contests and determine the playoffs and yeah some teams haven't played we got one team here keenan the defending 3a champs they played one game so far this year i mean they, they've had to stop and start twice and then this week they were supposed to start region play they were back but their opponent had uh COVID issues so i mean you're just it's just going to be it's going to be flexible and i think uh they're going to do everything they can to um determine playoffs like i said it's already been the playoffs have already been shortened the way they did it. It's only going to be the top two. So if you could basically figure things out, like I said, I think you're going to see a lot of regions possibly do a conference tournament to try. And I mean, if each team only plays one region game and then you just have a week of a region tournament and then there's, you're going to determine your uh, playoff spots from that. You personally, uh, have had an interesting winter as well. Uh, uh, we haven't had a chance to talk for a couple of weeks, but uh, back in December, McClatchley decided to not allow reporters to go to gyms that have fans in them for the high school games. How has that impacted your work and how have you been handling that? It's been all right. I mean, I'm definitely not in, in favor of it for sure. Um, but like I said, uh, most of the teams haven't been <laughs> playing anyway, so it really yeah. hasn't affected. Um, I think it w- that will change a- as we go uh, forward, though. Um, they'll start uh, loosening up. At least I'm hoping anyway. So I don't think that's a big deal right now. So um can go out to practices and stuff like that. So it- it's not that big of a, a deal. Moving on to uh, some national stuff. Did, um what do you think of uh, of Devonta Smith winning the Heisman, and do you think the committee made the right choice? Oh yeah, I mean, I think he was the obvious choice. I mean, he yeah. he had the best season. I mean, he was uh, record season for a receiver, and um, he was electric every time he got the ball. I mean, and just to think, I mean, many people thought he was probably not probably their second best receiver, and if Jalen Waddle doesn't get hurt. <laughs> He might not win it, I mean, because you'd be splitting catches and everything. But uh, when Jalen Waddle went down, I think Devonta Smith did a did a great job. Um, 
I mean, playmaker, and that, the dude plays on special teams too. He returns kicks, and he also, I mean, he, he's on the punt uh, cover team. Uh, you watch him during the the playoffs and during the regular season, so he kind of does it all. And a uh, little guy who didn't, he didn't. There wasn't much fanfare when he came out of high school, and uh, I think he's going to be a really good pro. I know there's a lot of comparisons of Marvin Harrison and the way he runs routes and just how smooth he is. So, yeah, it's going to be fun to see him uh, on the next level, and he's definitely had a great season. Give me your thoughts on uh, the national championship and who who do you think will win that one? Can Ohio State pull off the upset? I'm hoping. I'm an Ohio State fan. so <laughs> I mean, I'm from Ohio, so I hope it happens. Uh, first of all, I hope they get played. I mean, there's talk um, even as of yesterday. Um, maybe I know the Big Ten was kind of hoping maybe to maybe push things back a week because Ohio State was <clears throat> missing a lot of key guys because of COVID. I think especially at the defensive line spot, but uh, it seems like everything is going to go uh, on as planned. Uh, they're going to have to play a great game for sure. I mean, they're going to um, Alabama's offense is really good. Uh, one thing though, uh, I mean, Mac Jones isn't a big runner, so maybe they can get some pressure on and stop him like they were able to. Um, slow down Lawrence and ETN, but I mean, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, in Justin Fields, hopefully he'll be uh, healthy. I mean, he took took a big shot during the uh, semifinal game, but uh, hopefully uh, he will be well and they they can run the ball like they have been with uh, Trey Sermon the last two games. He he's been <laughs> really good and kind of what uh, they had hoped for when he uh, transferred from Oklahoma uh, this year, but. Uh, kind of really came on as late with uh, some injuries and Master Teague being out. So uh, it's, it should be a fun game. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored uh, for sure. King of teams that you're a fan of uh, moving on to the NFL, uh, what do you think of the Steelers having to face the Browns again uh, just a week after they faced off in week 17? And give me your thoughts on just, you know, uh, the playoffs in general, and do, do you like this new format with the seven teams? Oh, yeah, I do. I think it makes, I mean, wild card weekend. You got triple headers both games, <clears throat> both days, and so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be fun. Steelers definitely weren't at uh, full strength uh, on purpose the last time, and uh, I kind of feel bad for the Browns, like you're talking about Ohio State. I mean, they haven't been able to practice all week. I mean, they're not going to have their coach. Um they're going to, they're missing I think three starters for sure so they're they're going to come in shorthanded uh, Steelers have no excuses this week if they don't win for sure they're healthy they're at home um, practice all week so but I think the playoffs are going to be really good these games uh, this week uh, have some chances for some surprises I think that Ravens Titans game uh, might might be the best game of the weekend um, the, the Washington getting in and is is a great story we'll see if they could shut down uh, Tampa, which is going to be hard with their quarterback issues that Washington has. And uh, Seattle and the Rams also, you got quarterback issues there with uh, Los Angeles. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a good weekend and uh, a lot of good football um, for the two days. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun, lots of good matchups like you mentioned. Lou, it's always fun talking to you. Stay safe out there, and hopefully we'll start getting some regular basketball coming in soon. Appreciate it, Brandon. Yep, talk to you next week, Lou. Once again, that was Lou Bejak from the state. Uh, always fun talking to him about various things and, you know, 
I can understand where he's coming from. He's probably right on the fact that the SEHSL will probably just let things run the way they are. But like I mentioned, this is you know that's going to be the thing to watch, and that's definitely going to be one thing I'll be talking about a lot next week is the SEHSL meeting and how things uh, are getting impacted. But like you said, and and I said this when it came to football too. And I think I understand the reasoning why. I think there's a number. I think there's a couple of reasons for why this is the case. But the upstate has been able to move much more as expected, and and has been much more business as usual than than the lower state has been. Uh, both when it's come to football, and now when it's come to basketball. So, we'll take a quick break. Come right back. May have a special guest on at that point. Not sure. Uh, Waiting on to see if he calls in. But either way, we'll talk some. We'll talk about the national championship game. We'll talk about uh, the NFL playoffs. We'll talk about some baseball stuff. Uh, For the next hour and a half, we'll talk some national stuff right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. And as always, if you want to call in, be sure to do so. 323-784-9681 is that number to call. That number again, 323-784-9681. We'll be right back. Wolfpack is back of a mass destruction. Guess who's here? The bad boys are wrestling. In competition when the war is their mission. Not no mercy, see the rings for the streets. If you don't know, you better find out the wolf pack. Here to a point number one, just believe that you don't want to talk with them. I'll be here for them, coming to ring with them, you're never walking out again. Come to your back on the wolf pack. Up in a body bag. 
Welcome back to Sports Unlimited here on Southern Sports Central. My name is Brandon Biscoping, and about halfway through, the sh- a little over halfway through the show, uh, now we move on to some national talk. We'll may may talk a little local stuff still later on in the show. May wrap things up with some local talk. But as always, if you want to get your thoughts in on anything, if you want to talk about uh, NFL, college, high school, what have you. 323-784-9681 is that number to call. That number again, 323-784-9681. We'll start off talking about the national championship game. Well, first we'll talk about Devonta Smith winning the Heisman. And I I think I have to agree with Lou. Uh, he was definitely the right choice. He was definitely the, the proper choice uh, to win the Heisman. But and, and and not only not only because he deserved it, not only because he he definitely deserved the the trophy this year, but I think it's also I think it was also a statement by the Heisman committee, but also resulting from some pressure from from the public that he not only was he the first wide receiver to win the award since Desmond Howard back in 91. So almost, well, 20 years, 20 years since, uh, or excuse me, 30 years, 30 years since, uh, since the last wide receiver won the award. He was also the first non quarterback, the first non quarterback to win the award since Derek Henry, Five years ago, so this was a big statement where everyone was saying he, you know, he's the for, he's the odds-on favorite. He's the guy that should win it, and a lot of people were worried if Trevor Lawrence won it or any of the other candidates won it. Chalk it up to the Heisman solely being a, a quarterback award now, and I think the the committee understood that the. The the Heisman selectors knew that, and they said, yes, he deserves it, but also we have to make this decision in order to show that this award can still go to other positions. So congratulations to Devonta Smith. He's going to be great at the next level. Uh, and, you know, Alabama keeps on getting awards and creating Big-time stars. Speaking of Alabama, we got national championship. This, uh, well, what I like to call the national invitational. Based on what Lou just said, apparently it will be played on Monday, but that could still change. It's still only Friday. Yes, they probably wouldn't want to make such a last-minute decision, but here's the thing. Here's the thing about it. And and first off, you know, to all the people who say, oh, it's, you know, Ohio State's trying to use it as an excuse to give players more time to rest and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just stop. Just stop. No one's doing that. Dabo, Dabo Sweeney uh, tried to accuse Florida State of doing that back during the regular season. 
do people not understand that we are in the midst of a do people not seem to understand that after almost a year of this no one is using it for ulterior motives simple as that and here's the thing here's the thing about it too about whether or not it should get pushed back and and this was this was the same case now high school is obviously different because in with the high school and with the lack of testing and all of that one case would shut down a whole program wouldn't you rather but the comparison I'm trying to make Abbeville or excuse me uh, Marion had issues back when you know back a few weeks ago when the SCHSL state championships were supposed to be played and it pushed the game back a week okay at least it's being played and wouldn't you want a team now not so much on a high school level obviously like I said but in this scenario would you not rather have the national championship get played with both teams at full strength and truly get to see who the better team is. If that's what this is really supposed to be all about, would you not want both teams to be at full strength? And don't give me all of this about, oh, there's injuries that happen and, you know, star players miss the national championship game because of an injury, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's not the same. If player goes down with an injury on the field, you know, let's say last year with Tua, you know, that that wasn't during the national championship game. It was prior to it. Well, it, it, it didn't have a direct impact on the national championship game because, of the, because Alabama didn't even make it. But let's say that they did. Let's say that they did in spite of Tua being out. And this has happened in the past where a star player, a key player, was not on a team and it impacted the rest of the season. And that's what happened with Tua last year. But let's just play under that assumption. That's just one player missing. Yeah, he may be a star player. It may impact the team to a to a great deal, to a great extent. But you're not missing five, six, seven, what have you, players. That not you you can you can still be successful without one of your star players. But you cannot be successful without with half your team missing. And that's the difference between on field injuries and what's going on right now. This travels. 
an injury, an, an ACL tear, that only affects you. That doesn't affect the guy next to you, the guy next to him, the guy next to him, the guy next to him, and so on and so forth. This does. If one person gets it, it can easily travel to the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. Wouldn't you want, even if it means pushing the national championship game back, wouldn't you want to be able to see teams full of strength as they possibly can get? Figuring out, without a shadow of a doubt, who's going to win? I certainly would. And I would so I, I would hope that any other rational, reasonable fan would want that. Now, maybe some Alabama fans would be like, hey, easier win for us. And I understand that, even though you're wrong. This, just in, in general, if if Ohio State is going to be missing key pieces to their team that would be there otherwise. Then postpone the game. And yes, there's logistics issues and, you know, it's not be a full house. It's it, there are they are allowing fans in. They do have they have sold a certain amount of tickets and there's going to be those logistical issues. I understand that. But that's the risk you take when you're playing COVID ball. And, you know, it'll be kind of a fitting end to the season if that were to happen. Because here's the thing about that, too. You're... When this whole season has been up in the air, has been in uncertainty. And just simply the fact that we were able to get through it with at least relatively minimal issues. You know, it it hasn't been nearly as... uh, Like like I said, a lot of people, including myself for a while, at least at first, a lot of people were uncertain if we were going to even have a season to begin with. But we got through it. We got through it. We're here at the national championship now. And outside of, you know, postponements and cancellations and, you know, the Big Ten fracas, you know, Outside of that, it's been relatively, you know, it's been relatively, you know, normal. I won't say normal, but relatively easy to get through. There haven't been any major, major issues. Yes, some schools had to quarantine some games and had to cancel games and postpone games, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When you decided to play football in a pandemic, you knew this was going to happen. 
but the fact that we were able to get through it shows that all in all, they made the right choice. And hey, you know what? You know what's great for for football fans? And it's going to be very interesting to see the ratings and everything when this happens. But after this, after the national championship game, you only have to wait another month, month and a half, maybe two months. Uh, Or no, it'll be like a month and a half, I think. Or may, maybe maybe two and a half months. I'm, I I don't know when exactly. I know different conferences are starting at different times. But you don't have to wait very long for another football season to start up. Because the FCS is still playing on spring college football. So, you know, if, if you need to push the the national championship back, do it. I'd much rather see a a fully you know I would much rather see a fully uh you know a a full strength Ohio State team against a full strength Alabama team excuses instead of you know, I'd much rather see that than you know, see a game where one team is missing a good portion of their team, and as a result, they they may not play as well, and and they may have that you know excuse of oh we weren't at full strength, that's why we didn't win. Now, if they do win, that's an even bigger feat. But I'm just saying, I don't think that would happen. Now, do I think Ohio State's going to win anyway? Let's move on to that real quick. Do I think Ohio State's going to win this game anyway? Probably not. Probably not. I think Alabama is the clear-cut favorite this season. They're the clear-cut number one. And while I would have loved to have seen it happen, and this would have been the perfect year to do it, I will say, I will admit myself, that Alabama would have, beat the brakes off of either Cincinnati. Simple as that. We got a caller on right now. I believe it's Richie. Hey, how's it going? What's going on, brother? Just listening to you here, driving to a meeting this morning. And, uh, well, first of all, you're exactly right, man. I know we're we're, we're sad to see some football in, but uh, like we didn't have to wait much after last year's NFL with the XFL, it's not the XFL, but it is the uh, the big or the uh, the Big South, which is down here where the Citadel plays in, and they actually start up on February the 27th. So you'll be able to watch basketball, football, and baseball. College baseball will be kicking off around that time. So, I mean, you know, we we don't have to wait long for for some good football. And let's be honest, man, the uh, the Southern Conference actually they're in the Southern Conference, but the Southern Conference I think yep. the Big South also was playing yeah. as well. But a lot of good football is going to be played as uh, as well as in high school football, the state of North Carolina kicks off in February. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're going to get kind of spoiled a little bit with uh, kind of a long season of football. That That's one thing I said back in, uh, back in September when the NBA and NHL were still going through, when they were finishing up their uh, their playoffs and, and everything, and baseball was still going on. That's the one, you know, and – 
we'll see what happens moving forward. I don't know if spring football would be viable for the FCS moving forward. But that's one of the upsides of everything that has happened in 2020 is that more than ever before, you know, (laughs) in a normal year, you may have a, a tiny sliver of time, you know, from and from the beginning of October, or if you count the preseason from September up until the beginning of November, where you have all four major sports going at the same time. Now, this right. year, between September and, and October, and now from February all the way up until whenever the FCS season ends, you're going to have all four major sports going at the same time. And, you know, if you really think about it, that's a, that's a sports fan's dream. You can go from watching the, you know, watching FCS football to watching some baseball, watching some MLB, watching college basketball, watching the NBA, watching the NHL. You know, that's the the one upside. That is the the one big silver lining of the craziness that 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 was 2020 and going into 2021 this year. Yeah, don't forget. You know, we had the Masters in the middle of a lot of that mm-hmm. last year. So you had, you know, you had that going as well as NASCAR was happening. I mean, like you said, it was basically, you know, if uh, gold, if the Golden Corral, I guess, is probably the most recent. Um, buffet that everybody would kind of relate to. I would have said yeah. Ryan's or Shoney's back in the day had a had a buffet of sports. It would have looked like a lot of 2020 at the end of the year with all mm-hmm. these sports playing at the same time, doing their thing. And, and again, now we're going to get a little bit of a dessert here, right, going into 21 because we did what we hopefully needed to do in 2020. So the sports gods are like, well, we'll give you some football in the, uh, in the high school version. You may have to travel to North Carolina, but no worries. We're going to give you some football – in the college, it's not going to be power five, but it's still going to be power football in, in, in the SOCON and some other conferences around the country. And, and whether that happens or not, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see because, of again, COVID isn't going anywhere, but it's an outdoor sport. That's where I argue that it shouldn't slow down. It definitely shouldn't stop, maybe slow down. <clears throat> but the other side of this, let me give you the coins of whether it, it stays around, and it probably won't. But the reason I like it, you know, I do a lot in both high school and college with, with Southern mm-hmm. Sports Central, the show, and, and, and our brand here that we're on today is, is that I like it. I like football in the spring for one or the other. Because for a high school kid, let's just put it this way, for the kids in South Carolina, they played skis and they played public school during the winter or the fall, and it worked out. So for these kids that want to go to the Southern Conference now and and go visit a school, they're actually going to get the incomplete opportunity to visit the campus as student athletes and as regular athletes because they'll get there like on a Thursday like most students would, not athletes, because athletes don't get there until usually late Friday night or early Saturday morning because they play football on Friday night, right? So they're going to Mm -hmm. get there on Thursday. They'll tour the campus on Friday. They'll see the facilities on Friday afternoon. They'll get up in a hotel room or wherever they stay and go and do their thing. They'll see the pregame. They will be sore from getting beat down on Friday night. Their ankles won't be tender because they've been running on it and had it taped up the night before they got there. All that's not going to be a competition. It's not going to be an opportunity to be a conversation. 
you know, into better shape. So I like it. Plus, it gives these colleges they're, they're not playing in the fall. All they have is their film, or maybe you open the door and let them go watch them play. You know, scouts mm-hmm. do that all the time. In, in high school, I had tons of scouts watching school. So, yeah, I think there's some things to learn from in 2020. I get the bad part. We, we've all kind of swallowed that. We've moved on. But let's look at some of the positives, like you, you're saying here. You know, uh, what, what did we learn that we can carry with us to 21 to make our seasons better? High school sports, are we better? Are we better by not bringing in a 5-5 a five and five team in a, in, in a playoff? Are we better off taking the top two with a wild card if you got a larger division like you saw in 4A and some other, uh, in, in some other alignments? You know, it's a better game of football. You don't have to worry about this 4-4, this four and four, barely got in, or some teams didn't even have a winning record. They get in the playoffs. So, so what yeah. good is that to me? I mean, so there's been a lot of good stuff happening, um, even though we've got all the bad. You know, we all documented and talked about on our shows about some of the things that we're, we're frustrated with. I mean, look at basketball right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for all the good that our commissioner did in our state, and he did a lot of good, and I don't want to be Jerome Singleton not one bit because it's <laughs> like being any other decision maker in the world. It's a tough one. When you're right, everybody gets credit. When you're wrong, it's your fault. And so mm. he did a lot of right in football. I give him that. It worked. But it's not working in basketball. No. And my fear is that, A, learn from Skeezer. Don't hate Skeezer. Skeezer's done a lot of things. They actually played their full season in football, still had their playoffs. Kind of like, isn't it funny how you compare the South Carolina High School League to, like, the Power Five? And Skeezer's mm-hmm. kind of like the, the mid-majors, right? The mid-majors mm-hmm. still has the playoffs with all these other teams, and it works for them. Skeezer still does what they do, and it works for them. So, for example, Skiza is taking a lot of their wrestling out of their gyms, taking the mats to the football field in an open-air environment, and are wrestling outside. That works. So it's something that we can kind of maybe look at going forward. If, if wrestling is something that we need to do and we don't want to be in an enclosed environment, take the sport that you can from the inside to the outside. And then to basketball, my question to him would be, why did we start football in region play first and then went to non-region play? Mm-hmm. And I get you'll say, like you and I talked off the air, well, they wanted to get their tournaments in. Their tournaments aren't, aren't, aren't high school-sanctioned tournaments who have zero to do with them getting in to the playoffs, right? And they're only mm-hmm. taking the top two in basketball like they did in football. So they should have started off with that, go to winter break, and if you decide you want to play in a league tournament, uh, out-of-sanctioned tournament like the Baseball Classic or the Bojango Classic up in Columbia, that's, that's your call. But you need to understand, when we come back and one, somebody tests negative, on your staff or on your roster, you forfeit just like they had to in, in the playoffs, and we come right out of high, we come right out of the uh, the Christmas break. Right now, this week, we should be playing playoffs, you know, and, and you get it over mm-hmm. with. You know, it's kind of a hot shot, but this is what you have to do. You have to you have to adjust to the times and the situations. And I felt like basketball, the leadership, because he gave it to the districts. We're all on different pages. It's like trying to do yeah. that with, and they did that with the, with the conferences in college football, is, is that they're not all on the same page. Dorchester County hasn't played a, not supposed to play a sport since like the week before they got out for Christmas break. Meanwhile, across the state, teams have not stopped. Teams are actually wrestling. Things are happening. So you cannot tell me, and they're coming back with a shortened season. I think everybody's not going to play in just a one-and-done against somebody in the region. I guess they'll flip the coin whether they go or stay home and play them. 
But you cannot tell me that these kids at Fort Dorchester, some of them actually Murphy. And I think they're kind of in this conversation as well. But see, Dorchester County can't start practicing until like next week. They haven't touched mm-hmm. the basketball since before Christmas. They're not going to be in the same shape. It, yeah. it, to me, it's not the same playing field. And as a leader, sometimes you have to accept the, the, the good part. But you got to be that butthole sometimes. And you got to say, look, yeah. if they're shut down over here, then I got to shut everybody down. And that's just, hey, that's part of being on a team. You know, the offense loses, guess what? So does the defense, even though the defense didn't give up but three points and had a great day. But yet, because the offense didn't score any points, everybody yeah. as a team loses. And I think yeah. they need to look at that as well, Brandon. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. But let me take a quick break and then um, we'll talk uh, a little bit more about this. How, you know, you brought up a lot of good points. We'll have a lot of good discussions uh, when we come back. So stay right tuned right here on Sports Unlimited on Science Sports Central. Welcome back to Sports Unlimited here on Southern Sports Central. I'm here with Richie Altman. And, Richie, you, you brought up a lot of good points. You, you brought up a lot of things uh, both on the college side and on the uh, high school side. But let's stick, let's stick on the high school side first. You mentioned, you know, the the, the parity issue with, uh, with teams being shut down and everything. And I think I probably have to agree with you that uh, – you know the that they should have done it the way football did with region games being first and foremost, and then go on from there. Uh, give you that leeway to push those games back as you need to. Uh, but how much of this do you think was not only the fact that you know they were much more focused on getting football in than they were basketball, but kind of a where they thought, oh, you know, we were able to get through football, no problem, so basketball should be, you know, should be a piece of cake. Well, you know, I, I, I don't know why anybody would think basketball would be a piece of cake because it's inside, okay? Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. you're basically taking a, 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 a situation. It would be like putting everybody in the room with one person having the flu saying, okay, you're okay to be inside, you know, and, and cough and breathe and just exist. Well, that's not a big conversation if they're outside because, again, it's an open-air area. Things can – it's not that closed environment. And the same goes for COVID because we, we really – we understand that, that it can be passed and how it can be passed and all that. So I treat this a lot like the cold or flu or anything that you can you can either – you can breathe on me, cough on me or whatever and put it out and, and project it out in the air. So for me – 
you know, there had to be higher precautions in the fall sports, or excuse me, the winter sports, mm-hmm. than in the fall. You know, for example, Dorchester County, I thought, did one of the best jobs of everybody, even though they were scrutinized because mamas and daddies and grannies couldn't be in the stands, but they did. They closed yeah. the stands. They closed the gyms. They said, look, if it's about the kids, it's got to be about the kids. You, they, they're not going to get scholarships just because you're in the stands. They're going to get scholarships because they're going to have a chance to grind out. Male, female, doesn't matter, but these winter sports, this is how it's going to go, you know. So so for them, they closed everything, and everybody started going jimmy-jammy on them and getting on them. And I, and I just thought it was a very selfish move from parents. And as I understand, they haven't seen little Jim, Jimmy and Johnny and Jenny and all them. They, they've never missed a sport. Well, you can watch it on certain avenues yeah. because they were streaming it. And that may that, not be what exactly, you want. That That's exactly what I was going to say. This isn't, you know, this isn't even 10 years ago where right. there were very limited options on how you could view something if you weren't in the stands, especially on the high school level. Right. Now there are so right. many options. You and I know per- firsthand that we're able to give them that coverage and, and allow the parents, allow the fans to be able to see the games, uh, You know, even if they're not inside the arena. So that's something right. that, you know, it, it should have been taken into consideration, even if the FDHSL had to put out of pocket, you know, e- equipment and, and everything for every single school. They could have right. easily done that. They could have figured but out a way to make sure that. Right. What? But schools have no, it, no. Brad, because if you have a huddle account, and 99% mm. of these high schools have it for football, incorporate that, put that in your gym, and make it happen. But like Fort Dorchester, where I'm part of a, productive, a production team where we we stream it live on TV, right, on YouTube TV, and then yeah. I do the play-by-play with a guy that I brought in. And, and so the other side of the coin is not only does mamas and daddies get to watch that, as well as, again, they're watching other venues as well because other schools are doing that to where they're using their huddle camera and they brought in the gym and they're streaming it that way live on whatever avenue they're using. But college coaches can watch. I mean, there's so much benefit here. I get the one negative. Granted, you can't come. Sorry. You got to watch it on TV like the rest of us or whatever. But guess who else gets to watch it with you, Granny? The coach that your, son, your grandson wants to go play football or basketball or whatever it is, whatever sport we're talking about, that's also an opportunity for them to watch. Plus, it's an automatic highlight reel for him to go back and snap and take mm-hmm. it and, and create a huddle account with. So that's just the way it works. And, and mm-hmm. for me, as soon as – Dorchester County opened the gym the last week, the last week before Christmas, somebody caught COVID and they shut it down like crazy because you did the one thing that you were doing right. You, you tried to fix what wasn't broke and it went away. And and it just baffles me. It baffles me that we're not taking it. And and here's the other side coin, Brandon, is is that yes, football is the money-making sport for most schools or some schools or a lot of schools. In the state of South Carolina. That's why you saw football not go away. That's just reality. But guess what? You get into 2A and 1A schools, guess what's the biggest moneymaker? Basketball. Basketball Basketball makes as much in basketball in 1A and 2A than it does in football. Mm -hmm. It's just a fact. Basketball is a serious sport, and it's a lifeline for a lot of the smaller schools in our state. Like you would see a C.E. Murray, which is a, a, a 1A school down here in Charleston, Greeleyville area, between Charleston and, and uh, Andrews, I believe, is where it's located there. But there's schools like that. You can't tell me that, that there's some other schools down there in Ord County that I can sit here and name off. 
you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that makes just as much money in basketball as they do in football. So while the, the, the rich get richer in 5 and 4A, you know what? That, that 1A and 2A, they get that same type of love because in basketball it matches up at the end of the sports season to what just alone you see in 5A and 4A in football. Again, not but, everybody can have the loyalty of the Myrtle Beach Seahawks or the Fort Dorchester Patriots or Somerville Green Waves or the Dormans or the Burns or Dutch Fork, who, by the way, ended up number one in the nation in high school football this year by Max Press. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, but – he, here's the other thing too about that, and and you you bring up a good point, but I'm gonna compare this to college, and and we've seen it so many times. Even when it's come to this comparison or this, uh, you know, this, you know, us talking football versus basketball, you know, even if you are one of the tops, you know, one of the top teams in you know two A or one A. You know, in in football or or in basketball, you know, and, and and you know, a lot of schools hate it, especially you know, certain schools like Abbeville hate this fact. But when push comes to shove, the the schools that are making the decisions are the bigger schools, are the five A's, the four A's, and just like in college, you know, you can be. The, you, you, you know, look at Syracuse, look at North Carolina, look at Duke, you know, is basketball, yet they're still primarily controlled by the football power just because of, you know, how much bigger it is on the grand scheme of things. And, and that's one thing that I've kind of always, that's one thing that I've been thinking about for a while about this, and, and I want to get your thoughts on what's coming up next week in just a second. But what I want to get your thoughts on right now is, is, is the, is the fact that not only is, is basketball considered, you know, the little brother to football essentially, and football was the one that they really wanted to get in. And, and even with football, they had to condense the schedule, uh, in order to make it work. But do you think the fact that basketball is the one sport now, obviously, now it has been impacted. But basketball was the one sport, at least on a state level, that hasn't been directly impacted by COVID. Do you think that plays role in what happens moving forward, the fact that they've come out of this, for the most part, on skate? Well, it depends where you look at it, though. Because you mentioned uh, it hasn't been, but I can tell you this: uh, I I, no, I want to name schools because I don't want to put their laundry in the in in, in the air here. But uh, the females, the ladies, I, I can name a, a handful of ladies that their season has already been altered by uh, two weeks of going into quarantine, right before mm. the season uh, went on shutdown. And uh, North Myrtle Beach, well, I'm going to tell you, Fort Dorchester, I'm going to do it because I don't I don't like to say, well, I've got a source, and I tell you my source. Yeah. Uh, Ford Orchester, the girls, and Stratford, both of them were, were, were sat down because somebody had a tracing. I believe North Myrtle Beach had a conversation yep. about that as well. Uh, there's been schools in Columbia that have had schools on that. The question I got, and, and I, this is where I, I wonder about the upstate, and, and maybe they just decided, look, it, it's the don't ask, don't tell, don't tell nobody rule. But, mm-hmm. but here's my thing. How all the world and, 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 and all the football, you guys were exploding all year long with 
y'all shut down. Y'all, y'all invented shutdown in football season. Now in basketball, unless I'm not reading anything, and again, I don't, I don't keep my head in the paper uh, looking in the other state who's shutting down, who's not, you know. But how yeah. all of a sudden it's just gone away in the other state. It's, yeah. it's not happening. So here's my, here's my fear. And here's what, here's what's happened. I think college, I think high school football has taught a lot of coaches now in, in basketball. My fear is that it, it, that's the rule. Look, if you don't feel good, just stay home. Don't tell nobody. Don't go to the doctor. Take you some meds. Drink you some Gatorade. Get hydrated. We'll see you in a week. And if anybody asks, we just tell them that you, you decided that whatever the case may be, because it's the holidays, we can kind of get away with you've been around a lot of people and you didn't want to bring anything that you didn't know that you might have to the team. So how many people actually are dealing with it and not telling anybody mm-hmm. rather than the factor of back in, back in the fall, kids were, you know, parents were panicking. Yeah, because it was fresh. They 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 didn't they weren't tired of of watching their kids during the school year anymore. But now they are. Now they're like, look, I got to go back to work. You're going back to school. You know, it's like my mom used to tell me all the time. Look, unless you're dragging something behind you, you're going to class. That's just the way it works. Well, now mm-hmm. COVID's kind of getting in that conversation with a lot of parents because they're missing work financially. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they're hurting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm not saying that they use schools as a daycare. But I am saying they use it as an opportunity to make sure that the kids are where they're supposed to be and that somebody else is tracking them rather than them sitting at home playing their video games and not doing their schoolwork. So I think it's affected it. It's just not as much of a widespread, but I think the widespread is just not – it's not it's not there. It's just that you're just not hearing reports of it not being there unless you get certain pockets of parents that, you know, little Johnny and little Susie starts getting a runny nose and they're jetting her to the emergency room instead of just – popping some, you know, some Tylenol and, and calling it a day. There, there, there's parents, and there's there's nothing wrong with that style of parenting. You know, I, I can't ever fault a parent for parenting. But I just don't think kids are, 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 are coming out with it like you saw a lot more during football season, which is crazy because, you know, I, I joke with this, and I shouldn't, but I will. If, if, if a sport was uh, – if, uh, if COVID was a sport, it would be wrestling. You know what mm-hmm. I mean, these kids start off with their heads, you know, on one each other. They're constantly graveling over top of each other, laying on top of each other. I mean, it's yeah. like – and they're sweating, right? So you're getting all that sweat on each other. So that's coming out of my pores into yours. And just everything about that, it, it shocks me that, that, that they're allowing that sport to take place because it's kind of like, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to put all the house money in on the table. And if it works, great. If it doesn't work, then it will. But meanwhile, basketball – who, yeah, it's a little bit closer than, 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 of course, some of the other sports, and it's indoors. You know what? It's still they're, – they're not always on top of each other, yeah. right? I mean, I, I've covered enough basketball this year to, to make sure that I, I made that comment, that I watched that before I made a comment. But I think basketball is going to become, you know, uh, they're going to get scrutinized because of guilty by association of being a winter sport. I just don't see how – I'm shocked. I'm shocked. That, that there haven't been more reports of wrestling numbers coming out. That's a sport that I haven't seen. I don't know any – I have not heard of any wrestling teams that have had to go down because of COVID. So you tell me how that works. So there's not been – that I know of, one sport in high school sports of uh, wrestling that's been quarantined for 14 days or two weeks. Meanwhile, basketball teams are. That doesn't even sound like – it doesn't even sound like it should be a conversation. It should be, well, there's like 20 or 30. Yeah. Already, I'm, I'm, right? I, I'm surprised too. Um, I think part of it may be the fact that you know wrestling uh, isn't as big 
as basketball is, so it's not as scrutinized, so that may be why you're not seeing it as much. Um, and, and also the fact that the teams are smaller because it's just, you know, one-on-one. So, um, but, yeah, but, but they travel, but they travel 36 deep though, man. Have you ever paid attention? I don't know how much wrestling you get into. And, and I'm going to tell you what coach Tuck is the best, one of the best coaches in the state could be one of the best in the country in high school wrestling over at Somerville. And he does an incredible job, man. I know he quarantines his kids. You know, when they're not with together, he he, enc- he encourages them to do the right thing. And so does the coach at Fort, who I got to know him because he's a football coach, too. And, you know, um, they, they're very, very – it's a tight fa- wrestling family. Let me tell you, you think football is a tight family? Man, that wrestling mm-hmm. family is, like, legit straight tight. It's it's like watching it, – it's crazy neat watching these guys. And their parents are, like, at every event, and they, they participate, and they, they understand they got to give their time as much as their kids do. And But there's, like they, – they, because there's so many different weight classes. Yeah, there's so many different weight classes, Brandon, that, and, and they don't just travel with one person in the in this weight. No, they travel with like three yeah, or four. It's like yeah. it's like having a backup guy for the offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm not sure why why you're not seeing more in wrestling. That would be an interesting uh, little thing to see what what's going on there, how it's comparing. Uh, but you know, we, we've talked about what's going on right now. SEHSL has a meeting next week. Do you think anything's going to be done with that this week? And and obviously, well, as of right now, the SEHSL has not officially made any announcement on the state playoffs when that will be held. What go? But, you know, what happens from here with that? I, I think that they go with the module. There's a lot of schools around the state are using and that's one team you play that one team in your region just get them done if it's five or seven whatever it is you got that's how many games you have left of the year we're done with this whole going into in and out I, I hope that this is a hope how did I know this is I hope and then you go from that point to um you go through that point to uh to I think they're just going to mark off the, the the calendar and say okay here's when we're here's when we're doing this Here's when we're playing this. Here's when this is happening, and and that's just the end of it. And I think that's honestly is, is how you'll see it. Now, again, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think they missed this meeting by about two months, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. They should have they should have put the playoffs uh, on the on the paperwork. They should have went ahead and gave us the whole. You're going to play the region first, and if you if you can in between this two weeks lull between the end of the play the the region series to to the to this that and the other. Then this is this is what you can do, and uh, I think they they again don't want to be them, but I think that's no. how I would have handled it. They should have did it the same module that they did, um, of course that they did the other one, Brandon. But I do got to jump off. I'll try to jump back before the end of the show, man. I appreciate you, man. Um, I'm gonna say this before I jump off of here. I'm still I'm okay now. But yesterday when the news came out about Mike Bobo, the way he left South Carolina, I'm gonna say this on the, your show. I thought yeah. it was awful. It was a bad look for Mike Bobo. I thought the world of him, and I still think he's he's a person. He's a human. He's he's got he got paid, you know. So you showed us that's what it's about. But you also forgot that you got fired from the school that we hired you right afterwards as a head coach, as a coordinator. Who then you had a losing season as a coordinator, and then we gave you a pay raise and let you be the OC. Oh, and then you wanted us to bring your buddy. So we brought your buddy, who was not well liked at Tennessee. And what do you do? You take more money, your friend, jump in the airport, 
and then now you're on the plains of Auburn, Alabama, to where you know, and I know, he's going to be second best even on a good day in the state of Alabama. It's not called Auburn. It's called the state of Alabama. So it is what it is. You know, I think we're better off. I think at the end of the day, you know, when you buy a house, you know, we – you, you can't afford to go get new furniture all the time. So you got to bring your old furniture with you. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how it is for these coaches who have to keep their furniture. And it, I guess if, if, if uh, Mike Bobo was the sofa, then that leg piece that you can stretch your legs out with would be the offensive line coach we got from Tennessee. So they kind of go together. We get it. But, um, you know, it's just a, it's a wake-up call for a lot of you student athletes out there that you need to understand something. All right, these guys, contracts mean nothing. Okay, nothing. And uh, it's no different than a handshake. So what I'll say is this, is that marry the college, marry the, the university, marry the, the, the town it's in, you know, marry the, the, the reason you're there is to get an education and play some sports while you're there. Don't go because you love the coach, because I can promise you, whether it's the head coach, the position coach, the water boy, it doesn't matter. There's no guarantee they're going to be there tomorrow. And, and this is just another chance for us to see that. Let, let me just say one other thing since you brought it up, and, and I want to get your thoughts on this. This just proves, and this has been the case for a long time, but it infuriates me. The people who complain and call the players selfish, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, when they decide to opt out of a bowl, of a meaningless bowl game or, you know, what have you, like the tail end of the season because they're prepping for the NFL. But then you right. hear nothing. You hear crickets when a coach decides to jump ship to another school for more money and just right. so what's right. the difference there's no difference and i'll say this and i'll hang up and uh i'll be checking you out right before i jump in this meeting yep. but so first of all let me tell you the difference between mike bobo and shane beamer night and day shane beamer gets yep. a job he's a head football coach at the university of south carolina really has nothing to gain by going back to oklahoma and and winning uh, a Big 12 championship. We're going to a bowl game and coaching those kids to a big bowl win over Florida. But what does he do? He did what he was committed to do. He commi- And he said this before this whole Beamer, before this Bobo thing came out. He said, I made a commitment to these guys that I want to fulfill the commitment that I at least finished this year, da 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 right? So you see that side of a good coach and a good person and a guy that I'm glad we have. And whether he wins one or 100 games, him as a person, man, I love it. He shows right off the rip. Is it by default or happening now that you see Mike Bobo completely – sitting there and, and, and right after they they fired Champs, told the players, hey, this is my fault, this is your fault, that our head football coach got fired, and um, we're going to do better. We're going to get better. So then he leaves. So now I kind of understand when Mukwamu and or, or all these different guys that decided to leave Horn, you know what, maybe that's what they were taught. When it, when, 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 when it, you don't get what you want, you leave. Or when you get something else, you leave. You don't. There's no such thing as loyalty and, and all of that. So now I kind of say, okay, well, I get you. And, and it has been known that Will Muschamp's all about that, that name on the jersey and getting him to the NFL. That's kind of his thing because it makes his resume look a lot tougher. You know what? The one thing I'll say about Spurrier is that kids came back to the University of South Carolina. They loved that they were part of that university. I've got a 1,000 friends that played for Spurrier that come through Charleston, that come through around the state and come on the shows, and I see them around the country at camps that we all are really good buddies being former athletes up there. But with me – you know, that tells the story because, you know, there are a lot of players that love Muschamp, there's no doubt. And not as many hate him as people, the media wants to push because a lot of players did like him. 
It was a different type of coach. He was an NFL push through the pain kind of coach. And I can respect that. But I just think that at the end of the day, you know, things happen for reasons. I think it's good that what happened, it happened. It stung a little bit, but sometimes it's like the girl that you think the, the, the girl of your dreams breaks your heart. And then a couple months later, you run into this other girl and you're thinking, okay, cool. And because of this girl doing what she did, you get this other one. She ends up being the right one because this other one got out of the way, whether it was an easy way or not. I know we just hired a guy from uh, the Panthers. We'll see how he works out. But I trust Shane Beamer is the reason that we had half that big-time recruiting class that we did during our heyday with Spurrier. He was the big connection of getting an Alshon Jeffries committed to the Southern California guys and decommits and comes to the University of South Carolina. You know, the Marcus Lattimore's and, and, and all the Gilmore's and all those big names that you hear Shane Beamer's name is on a lot of those young men. He just wasn't the head coach. So just keep that in mind. Brandon, keep kicking it. Keep doing it, brother. If I don't get a chance, enjoy the weekend, and I'm going to listen to the show, man. Thank you. Yep. Thanks a lot, Richie. Always fun talking to you. And, yeah, he, he, makes, he makes a lot of good points that, you know, uh, the, um, you know, the, uh, you know, uh, losing Bobo and, and having him, uh, have that, you know, ha- having that happen. He He's absolutely right. You know, yes, it hurts to start off with, but you know, they'll, they'll bounce back and, and Beamer is doing a great job on the recruiting trail. Uh, and you know, as, as long as they start getting the, the bigger name recruits and the, the recruits that, that will, uh, will be able to take care of uh will be able to take care of business and all that South Carolina would be fine um you know but it it really does it it really does show that difference and you know I've never blamed players for sitting out especially in meaningless bowl games you know my thoughts on on a lot of the bowls so, but the the hypocrisy of some people is just ridiculous. How for some you you can have you know if if you're a player you have to be loyal to the team, but if you're a coach you can you can jump ship whenever you want. Uh but like like Richie said, you know. For any athletes that are listening, yeah, focus more on the school rather than the coach. Yes, you want to be with, with a good coach, and you know there there, but there is a difference. It also depends upon what kind of coach you want to be with. You know, I think things well because. Richie mentioned the the difference between coaches that focus on the college level, focus on having you be a good college player and want to keep you there for as long as they can, and coaches that want to, you know, prepare you for the pros. And this is much more because of the systems and because of the eligibility rules this is a lot more pronounced in basketball than it is in football 
but you have guys like, well, you know, Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney, I think, are both very good at doing both. Football has a lot more coaches that are good at doing both. So I'm going to use the comparison for basketball. There is a big difference between how a Mike Krzyzewski or a Roy Williams coaches and prepares players and how John Calipari prepares. Krzyzewski and Williams, they want... Obviously, they want to get the blue-chip players. They want to get the guys that can go to the next level. And they obviously want to prepare them for the next level as well. But their primary focus is winning on the college level and having those players be successful on the college level and making sure that they're making the right decisions. Calipari, on the other hand, his main focus has always been, I want to get the top the top level recruits and prepare them for the NBA. Do they win a lot of games? Yeah, oftentimes they do. But oftentimes, Kentucky, as a result of that philosophy, and as, as a result of that mentality, have struggled at times as well. Because they've had, they, they've been more focused on getting players prepared individually for the next level than preparing as a team for the college level. So I'll take a quick break and come right back. We'll wrap things up, uh, get you prepared for the NFL playoffs. Been a crazy show. Still haven't had a chance to talk about that. We'll finish it up with that and uh, get you ready for the weekend. Stay right tuned right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. Town. 
I'm living like a rock star. Spend a lot of money on my brand new guitar. Baby's got a habit, diamond rings and Fendi sports bras. Riding down Rodeo in my Maserati sports car. Got no stress, I've been through all that. I'm like a Marlboro man, so I keep on back. Wish I could roll on back to that old town road. I wanna ride till I can't go. Welcome back to Sports Unlimited here on Southern Sports Central with a little under a half hour left to go on the show. If you, Of course, if you guys want to get your thoughts in on anything sports-related, be sure to call on in 323-784-9681. That number again, 323-784-9681. We'll jump over to the NFL real quick. Wild card round preview. Uh, started off with the Colton Bills. Even though the Bills are a young, a relatively young team, they've been here before, uh, and the Colts with Philip Rivers, I just don't trust Philip Rivers. We we all know what happened with him, how he was in in San Diego with the Chargers, I, and the the Bills are just they have the talent. The Bills are going to advance. Simple as that. Quarterback with Jared Goff, uncertainty there. Seahawks, Russell Wilson, always consistent. Seahawks defense, great. Seahawks win that one. Buccaneers in Washington. Washington just skidding into the playoffs at 7-9. and nine. NFC East being the dumpster fire that it was this season. Uh, I just don't see Washington winning this game at all. You know, they, they're having some quarterback issues as well. Tom Brady's on a mission to prove that he's, you know, and he's already proven it to an extent because the Patriots didn't even make it into the playoffs this year. But he's proven, he wants to prove that he is still capable of winning a Super Bowl, doing something that even Joe Montana, Brett Favre, a number of other quarterbacks who have gone from one team to another, you know, legendary quarterbacks who were, mostly known for being on one team, but decided to jump ship later on in their career. career. Brady's trying to do something that none of them have done, and that is win a Super Bowl with that second team. He's definitely going to win the first round, that's for sure. Ravens-Titans, Richie said that this was probably going to be the best matchup in of the weekend, and I agree with him. I, I agree with him. I, I think it is. Uh, or at least, or excuse me, Lou said that earlier, uh, and I agree with him. I think this is definitely the best matchup. Uh, but I just, I don't know what it is, and they prove it. It seems like they always prove me wrong, especially last year. They proved me wrong, but I just don't trust the Titans. Now Lamar Jack, or yeah, Lamar Jackson. You know he's he's not exactly at the elite level yet. But I still think the Ravens have this one. Bears and Saints. 
the Bears, while they were playing so well to start off the season, they were starting off the they they started off the season so well. They've had issues. Mitchell Trubisky's back under center now with them. Drew Brees wants to finish off his career on top. I don't know if this is his last season. Probably not. But if he wins the Super Bowl, who knows? But Saints definitely, I think, have that one. And then Brown Steelers, like Lou said earlier, you know, Steelers, they were resting their players last week. The playoffs, which isn't a good thing. That's certainly not a good thing. You want to be, you want to come into the playoffs hot. But especially with the Browns having some COVID issues, no chance of the game being postponed or anything like that, or at least not that I've heard of. Steelers, the Steelers are going to win, are, are going to win this game. I don't see many upsets. The only one, and and this I will, I personally. Maybe a lot of people, maybe a lot of other people would consider it an upset. But me personally, I don't see it as an upset. But the only one that I would really even consider an upset is Ravens Titans, and that's even, that's not even really an upset, at least not to me. So there's my predictions for the wild card rounds: Bills, Seahawks, Buccaneers, Ravens, Saints, Steelers. Those are the teams that are going to advance. One other NFL note, I just have fired Adam Gase. Not really all that surprising. More so surprising that it happened now after the season. I guess I guess the Jets thought, hey, maybe, uh, maybe him being so bad at what he does, maybe they'll get the first round draft or the number one overall draft pick and be able to draft Trevor Lawrence. But that backfired because of, you know, them being able to uh, win a couple of games at the end of the season. And as a result, they're now at the number two spot. So, you know, even that backfired on the Jets. The Jets are just a complete dumpster fire as an organization at that, at this point. Uh, but yeah, that, and be lucky. You're not going to the Jets, Trevor Lawrence. That's all I got to say who he officially declared for the NFL draft and more than likely will be drafted by Jacksonville, which, you know, not a bad, that's not a bad uh, team. So, you know, it's, it's not that great or it's, uh, it's not that bad of a uh, team, but, you know, Jacksonville's a team that if they can get their act together, they could be a good team again. So we'll we'll have to wait and see how that pans out. Going over to uh, the baseball diamond real quick, Cleveland, which I'm still not 100% sure. A few weeks ago, Cleveland said that they were dropping the Indians' name. Yet they still have it as their Twitter handle. Still are calling themselves twi- uh, the Cleveland Indians on Twitter. Sources are still calling them the Indians at this point. So I don't know what exactly is going on there. Um, no indication of what the new name is going to be yet. Personally, I'd like them to go back to the Cleveland Spiders. 
even though you know there's the the dark history there with the spiders being one of the worst franchises in baseball history but i i would like it just for the history to go back to the spiders Braves are saying that they're still committed to keeping their name as of right now, but I'm just going to say it unless now, now I could be wrong. Maybe things start to get back to normal and, you know, uh, with, with the political landscape changing now this year and, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully with the vaccine getting us back to normal and all of this, maybe things will start to die down a little bit. But things weren't really all that crazy when Cleveland decided to announce this. But barring something crazy happening, I'm just going to prepare everyone, a bit, especially around here. I'm sure there are a lot of Braves fans. It's coming. I'm just going to say it right now. It's coming. They're, the Braves are going to have to change their name. The Chiefs are going to have to change their name. The Blackhawks are going to have to change their name. I don't know what will happen with the college teams because, you know, that happened. You know, there was the whole debate a, a while back about that. And there were some teams that had to change their name as a result of that. But there were others that made deals with the tribes to allow them to keep the names. So that's going to be, I'm just preparing everyone. This isn't the end. I'm just going to say that. Now, granted, well, I, I think it's very kind of, kind of hypocritical, but I understand why it is. But, I don't know what's going to happen with Notre Dame if they're going to have to change their name. And if you really think about it, the the Yankees might have to change their name. But that I highly doubt will ever happen. But we'll see. We'll see. It's the, the This whole thing, I'm just going to say, this is not over yet. But it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out. Speaking of Cleveland or the Indians, whatever they're still going, uh, what uh, what they're going by at this point. Big trade made la- yesterday. Mets acquiring Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco from Cleveland for Andres Jimenez, Ahmad Rosario, Isaiah, Isaiah Green and Josh Wolf. Uh, you know, Lindor, one of the be- better pitchers in the league right now. Uh, Carrasco, a-, a great player in the infield. Mets are starting to make some moves, and-, and this was to be expected, considering the new ownership. They're really trying to redefine the Mets organization, get it out of the gutter that it's been in for um, for two decades now, essentially. Maybe a little less than two decades, but close to it. And so this is definitely a move in the right direction. We'll see. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be an overnight thing. That's for sure. Uh, but it's uh, it's a start. It's a start for the Mets. 
One other MLB note. Phil Necro died at the age of 81 a few weeks ago. One of the best knuckleballers in MLB history. And I know it doesn't, it's not really supported in today's game of power and speed and, and all of that and, and wanting to be flashy. But I would love to see more knuckleballers be created and come to the MLB. You know, Tim Wakefield was a Yankee nightmare back in the day. You know, there have been so many great knuckleballers over the years, and it's such a unique pitch. I would love to see it more often in the MLB. You never see it anymore. Tim Wakefield was the last one. Well, R.A. Dickey, technically, was the last one. I want to see it more often. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm crazy. If you want to call me crazy, call call on in three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. If you if you want to tell me that knuckleballers have no place in the game right now, go ahead. But you're wrong. There's your uh, MLB notes uh, for you. Some other uh, a, a a couple more high school notes. Real quick, as we uh, get ready to sign off uh, for the night, Region Four five, or Region Six Four A uh, had their uh, their uh, winners of awards announced a few weeks back. Uh, DP Pendergrass or Darian Pendergrass. Uh, from Hartsville, won Region 6-4A Player of the Year. He's uh, more so known for his time on the baseball field, uh, but also a great, uh, great um, football player as well. He was the only non-North Myrtle Beach player to win big awards uh, this year. Matt Real, obviously Coach of the Year, not surprising there. Offensive Player of the Year was Nalik Livingston. T.J. Cox won the Defensive Player of the Year. Zane Smith, Special Teams Player of the Year. And Elijah Vereen was named the Athlete of the Year. All for North Myrtle Beach. Uh, Ryan Ryan Berger was the first-team all-conference quarterback. Uh, Jason Anderson from Hartsville. Terry McKitchen from West Florence were the running backs. Randall, J.J. Jones, and Evan Singletary from South Florence uh, were the wide receivers, as was Harrison Muldrow from Wilson. Dylan Snyder from West Florence, the tight end. Parker and Reggie Cabbage-Stalk from Hartsville were two of the offensive linemen, as was Matan Morovich. Or Merle Bitts from Merle Beach, and then three North Merle Beach players in Javon Willard, Stefan Edge, and Braxton Farmer. The specialist, Chandler McCall from North Merle Beach. Ironically, while the special teams uh, he was not named to the first team all conference specialist. That he was not the kicker, 
that went to Sullivan Harden from Myrtle Beach, and Leland Saxton from Hartsville was the punter. First team defense, Chase Simmons from North Myrtle, Semja Samaj Johnson from West Florence, and Trace Phillips from Myrtle Beach, as well as Trey Baker from North Myrtle Beach and Tyrone Miles from Myrtle Beach. Those were your defensive linemen. The linebackers were Bailey Carraway and Keyshawn Dulford from Hartsville, Eric Cooper from South Florence, Kenderson Kardashi from Myrtle Beach, as well as Keltron Bezant from Myrtle Beach. The defensive backs, Nike Johnson from West Florence, the big man uh, from from West Point, Thomas from Hartsville, TJ Austin from Myrtle Beach, and Jamarian Bezant from North Myrtle. That rounds out your uh, Region 6 4A guys. The the uh, first team all uh, for Region 6 4A. The Maori News All-County Offensive Team, the Player of the Year, not really all that surprising, was Kyle Watkins. The Maori News All-County Defensive Team, the Player of the Year, was TJ Cox. And a bunch of great guys on both sides of the ball for them. uh, WPDE All-Zone Players, few big names uh, from a bunch of different programs. Amari Huggins, Bobo McKinnon, Nemo Squire, and Avery Hewitt from Dillon. Victor Otubo from, and Kaimon Skinner from Waccamaw. Jeremiah Nesbitt from St. James. Sakasti got one in DJ Willard. Carolina Forrest had a bunch, and it's not really all that surprising. Uh, Kyle Watkins, Caleb Godfrey, Lucas Giovasanti. Alex Jan Adam yeah, excuse me. Adam Janik, Luke Janik, Nevon Tyler, and Latrell Pitts. All named all zone players via WPDE. Uh so congratulations to those guys. Um a bunch of other awards uh were won over the last uh couple of weeks award season. You know, and was in full swing over the last uh, over the last few weeks, and you know, with with about ten minutes left to go in the show, I just wanted to wrap things up. Uh, wrap things up on the football season with my first fo- football season uh, calling games for Carolina Forest. My first football season calling games, period, and it was a great time. It was a great season. Uh, you know, lots of fun moments. And, you know, like I mentioned when it came to the college ranks, even if, even though there were issues, even though uh, there were, you know, it it wasn't, a, it wasn't completely smooth sailing. You know, there were some issues uh, this season with quarantines and all of that. And it obviously... Obviously, it wasn't a full 
full season. It was only seven games. Still, you know, the fact that we were able to get through it with only minor hiccups and the fact that we were able to finish the season and no major problems, none of that, is still a positive. I mean, as compared to the football season, or as compared to how the basketball season is going, especially here in Horry County and on the Grand Strand and in the PD, as compared to that, the football season was a breeze because there were some games that had to be postponed uh, or canceled and there were some issues, you know, the, the season didn't exactly get off to a roaring start with the, you know, Loris and Dylan game being postponed, all of that. But that wasn't even because of COVID. That was weather-related. So, you know, uh, but, you know, there were some issues. You know, St. James had their issue. Uh, but outside of that, especially here on the PD, all things considered, the season was a great success. Now, now we have to figure out a way to get the basketball season uh, going in the right direction. Uh, But that's going to be something, hopefully, that will be figured out this week, this upcoming week, when the FCHSL... When the FCHSL Executive Committee meets on Tuesday and Wednesday for their beginning of the year meeting. Hopefully they'll be able to figure out, okay, what do we need to do? How do we need to get through uh, this season? How do we get things under control? So that'll just about wrap it up for me uh, here for this morning. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, you know, hope you guys enjoy the weekend, enjoy the expanded playoffs in the NFL, which while, you know, I, I mentioned my thoughts earlier, but while, you know, I kind of like the old system with six teams, I understand why they did it for a number of reasons. And on a competitive level, it actually kind of works out because it makes the number one seed even more important. So I'll give it a shot. So that'll just about wrap it up for me here. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Hope everyone stays safe out there. Be sure to, you know, make sure you stay safe. Stay Stay safe out there in this crazy world right now. Uh, and, you know, let, let's all try to be a little nicer to each other right now. Uh, I want to thank everyone. Well, uh, I want to thank Richie for calling in. I want to thank Lou Bejek for joining me as usual. Uh, and that's just about it. So, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Next week, we'll talk uh 
NFL divisional round. We'll recap the national championship game. And whatever else decides to uh, rear its ugly or maybe not so ugly head into the sports world. You, you know, these last couple of weeks have been so crazy. Tried to catch up on everything I could. Uh, and we pretty much have everything caught up at this point. So hope you guys enjoyed the show. It'll, that'll just about wrap it up for me. So once again, this has been Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Control. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. And we'll talk to you guys next week. So long, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.